Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Uh, on another occasion. Um, we'll start with apologies for absence and declarations of interest. An apology from Councillor Dean. Okay, thank you. Minutes of the previous meeting. Sorry, uh, for those in attendance, uh, which I wa wasn't, um, uh, do you find this to be a true record? No. Um, Councillor Redfern was present. Councillor Redfern was present, Chairman, and Councillor Howell wasn't. Okay, these apologies. Okay, we'll put that right. Apart from that, they're a true record. Thank you. Um, matters arising of those minutes. Um, CO 101 to 104. 105. Chairman, could I ask if this is being communicated directly to all members rather than just as a cabinet? Decision. That's a good question and should be in the bulletin act, and act probably beyond that because uh, in case it's not read in the bulletin. If I can, um, prior to the last cabinet meeting I contacted each of the group leaders and asked them to relay it to their members um, in advance of cabinet. I'm not sure if it went out afterwards. But um, it certainly went to all group leaders beforehand. Can we suggest that it does, or can we ask that it now goes to all councillors? So they're crystal clear. Okay, thank you very much. So no matters arising on the minutes, which I shall duly sign in due course. Uh, we move on to item four, questions or statements from non-executive members of the council. There aren't any. Item five, matters referred to the executive. There aren't any. Uh, reports from Performance and Audit and Scrutiny Committee meetings. There aren't any. So that brings us on to item 7, Refugee Working Group. Nothing, verbal update. Nothing further to report from when we, we had our last meeting. Chairman, sorry. Right. Okay. Thank you for that. Um, before we move on to item 8, uh, I would just like to um, make... Uh, an announcement, and it concerns the uh, concerns parking on the common in Saffron Walden. Uh, if I just set the context, uh, a review was undertaking of parking across Uttlesford, um, and uh, that has been presented in a number of forums and to a wide range of groups. And that and, and the comments within that by the consultants who specialise in. Um, car parking um, was that uh, specifically there are a number of recommendations but specifically for the common uh, that it would be appropriate to reduce um, the length of stay uh, from four hours to two hours and the, th the, the theory behind that was that the common um, should be a, a, a car parking facility for shopping and that two hours encouraged footfall um, and obviously footfall is the lifeblood of retail and the high street and uh, that, that recommendation was duly consulted upon with all the relevant groups uh, and was deemed to be appropriate and went ahead um, since that uh, um, w w the council has received a number of representations and particularly from the retail and business uh, sector 
in Saffron Walden. Um, and uh, this group, for which the um, proposals were set out in the first place, believed that it could be and probably has been counterproductive to their business. And accordingly, um, the Council has therefore decided uh, that it will now put in place intentions to go back from two hours, not to the full four, but to three hours. Uh, this duly needs to go through the uh, ad advertisement process um, in the same way as when it went from four to two. Uh, that's a statutory requirement, uh, and, and, and that, of course, will be done. So it won't be an overnight thing, uh, but... Uh, that is the uh, intention of the Council, and we feel that addresses um, both uh, the original intention of the consultants, but also the specific needs of uh, the retail sector. So the maximum stay on the Common will be three hours. Of course, uh, as was indicated at the time, and I'll reiterate now, there are plenty of longer stay car parks in Saffron Walden, um, not just Swan Meadow, which some people feel to be marginally further from the centre, but specifically Ferrycroft as well, which is very much in the centre. So uh, I think this, uh, this proposal, which takes account of um, feedback, important feedback that we've had from that critical group, uh, is the right approach, and that is the way we're going to proceed. Thank you. Councillor Redfern. Thank you, um, Chairman. I just thought I should um, just uh, declare an interest as a business owner in Saffron Walden Town Centre. may not be necessary, but I'll say it anyway. Thank you for that. Um, Councillor Light. Yes, thank you. Um, I just wanted to say also that apologies from John Lodge, and I'm substituting for him tonight. I would like to welcome this announcement because it was strongly felt as um, a councillor of Saffron Walden and a resident, um, it was felt that two hours was insufficient, that the the idea that this would increase footfall was erroneous because it's not a high street where people zap in and zap out. It is more a place where one comes and stays and has coffee and has lunch and, and hopefully visits lots of shops and premises and has beauty treatments and everything else. It certainly takes more than two hours. Um, I guarantee that. So uh, I welcome that and I would also ask that it's monitored so that it is checked to see if three hours is actually sufficient or if in the future it may need to return to four. Thank you. Well, we monitor all our car parks. Um, I just go back to repeat what I said, that this was the recommendation of a car parking expert, so I don't think it was erroneous. But uh, anyway, I've, I've laid out the reasons. But uh, we will monitor everything, obviously, but it's appropriate that we adjust according to changing lifestyles. Um, but... Um, I won't repeat myself. It, it, it was at the request of uh, particularly the commercial community. So uh, thank you for your comments. Um, item 8, economic development. I call upon the economic development strategy. I call upon initially Councillor Redfern and then Councillor Riles. Um, thank you, Chairman. If I could just ask um, Simon Jackson and um, Councillor Riles to join us at the table, please, because I think um, it's a bit of a team effort, this one. I'm just going to um, scoot through a few of the highlights from 
from this uh, economic development strategy. Um, and then I think it might be easier if, there's, if there are any questions to be asked. Uh, uh, Councillor Riles has got something to say as well. But if there are any questions to be asked, rather than to um, just go through every part of the uh, document. Um, and this is um, following on from the previous uh, strategy, which was 2014 to 16. And if anyone's got any questions about that, I think they should ask Councillor Rolfe, because he was the member for economic development before I. Um, and um, so we've highlighted some of the items in, in, in part two of the report, and all are listed, listed in appendix four and pages 21 to, to 28 of the strategy document. <coughs> The 2016-18 strategy retains the focus of the previous strategies in facilitating sustainable growth in jobs and business and the importance of partnership working to achieve those aims. The economic development team has had great success in harnessing the skills and experience and capacity of over 40 volunteers of local people who are mostly business owners and have delivered lots of these initiatives. And with this I'm sort of referring to um, the town teams in Saffron Walden and Dunmo, the Stansted Working Group and the, um, there's a f another for a business forum in Stansted as, and along with the um, newly formed Shire Hill Who's on the Hill um, team as well. A number of initiatives are also retained and developed for the example of for example, the lobbying of Superfast Essex to gain improvement in the planned coverage of the district with Superfast Broadband, but Councillor Riles is the expert on that, so I'll let him talk on that shortly. Um, and there are a number of new initiatives that, have been, that are proposed in this. The possibility of um, a BID, a business improvement district, which we will be looking at for both Saffron Walden and Dunmo. Um, Mar there's a marketing plan to attract new investment, including working with uh, intermediaries and, and a visit program to local businesses to develop of the supply of commercial land and property. And um, we, want, we obviously had a report um, done on the supply of business, um, business land across the district. Um, we had this done um, recently, and that showed very clearly that we, have a re we are very tight on the um, potential. <laughs> Sorry, that shows we are very tight on um, commercial properties within the district if businesses want to come in or, mo or move. So that's something we're going to be looking at and feeding into the, um, to the local plan working group. Um, we'll also be working on the attraction of external um, funding to support economic growth in the district. And the recommendations are that we adopt the Economic Development Strategy for 2016-18 and the associated initiatives and expenditure set out in the report. But we would be very happy to take any questions on any parts of the report because quite, there's quite a few items there. But please feel free to ask. So is, uh, I've got a uh, request from a, um, a speaker, a, a, a member of this council, Councillor Asker. Technically, it should be in, in advance of the meeting, but we'll uh, uh, wave that through tonight. But will uh, Councillor Riles be speaking at this stage in terms of adding to what you've said? I, I can do if this, or you want to talk on a specific topic, it's entirely up to you. Maybe I, if, if I take questions. Okay, we'll take questions. So I'll, I'll call to the table, Councillor Asker, and then we can um, um, take your quick points as well.
Thank you, Chairman. Um, I actually wanted to, sorry, my apologies for being late, <laughs> I'm chasing back from, from work. Um, I wanted to speak really to um, ask questions with regard to uh, various uh, pages within item 8. Um, and uh, as I've just sort of switched my thing on, I'm sorry, do you have a paper copy? Thank you. Um, I would, I think, start... Um, Um, I had made some rush notes <laughs> in trying to get this um, put together, uh, but there's a number of uh, points within various pages that seem to ask questions or should be questions should be asked, um, and this is really relating to um, the, eco the economic development within Saffron Walden and how it's affected by the new parking um, on the common and this has really come to light with regard to if you're going to talk about three hours uh, two hours sorry two hours um, it's not your fault you were late but I've just made an announcement that we are going to go from two to three hours oh great so um, that's got to go through the due process as you'll appreciate but that is the intention of this council having had feedback from the business community in Saffron Morden does that negate some of what you're going to say that makes a huge impression on it. Yes, it does. Thank you very much indeed. Um, we might have nego negotiated three hours if we weren't going to go back to four, but three hours makes an awful lot of sense. Uh, your colleague, uh, Councillor Light, has already said that we monitor, we monitor all our car parks, but the actual statistics for the fourth hour are very small. So I think the, uh, the key part is, is the three hours which uh, we intend to proceed towards. I appreciate that. That's great. Well, thank you very much indeed. I won't take up any more of your time. Thank you. So, I now ask uh, colleagues for um, comments uh, on the economic strategy. Councillor Barker. Thank you, Chairman. Um, Chairman, in reading this, I, I must congratulate officers and the team on, on the amount of money they, they've managed to pull in and uh, funding from various places and um, wish them good luck with the next tranche, as it were. And one specific question I did want to ask on page, you don't need to look up the page, um, 19, um, where are we with Fairycroft? Um, I had understood there was a sort of group in Fairycroft, but the action here is to lobby Essex County Council to retain Fairycroft as an asset, and I just wanted to know specifically where we were, because I'd lost, lost the plot a bit with that one. Mr Jackson, I'm sure will comment as well, um, and this is something that I've discussed with the Chief Executive. Uh, I've had the pleasure of going around Fairycroft, and uh, it is a very dynamic uh, enterprise at the moment. It's not exclusively about economic development. There's a lot of arts work that is going on there as well. Um, this council is very supportive of, of Fairycroft, and uh, the situation is that uh, Essex County Council are putting some pressure uh, on the current um, a tenant uh, to get on and make the purchase and this is this is slightly awkward for him at this particular moment so I've had a, a dialogue with Councillor Gooding um, about uh, giving some leeway uh, so that the appropriate funds can be raised I've also talked to, to Councillor Gooding about uh, a possible uh, financial support from Essex County Council and this council this Council, whilst it hasn't discussed it in Cabinet, um, I'm sure would be interested in what it needs to do to secure uh, the operation that's currently underway there. So uh, we are very interested in Ferrycroft. We're in dialogue 
with Essex to smooth the path as best we can for the current tenant. Um, and um, uh, yeah, it's, 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 a good, it's, it's, it's a good project. I don't know if Mr. Jackson wants to add to that. Um, no, I think that's a, a, a good um, 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 summary. Um, it is a, a fast-moving um, situation. Um, um, my colleague uh, Linda Howells has just sent, I think, a very comprehensive update uh, to the chief executive on the on the position. There are some sensitivities around it, and it is a commercial um, 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 situation. But um, you know, we are as on top of it as we possibly can be in trying to get a positive outcome, which is the community interest company continuing on there and doing the fantastic things that it does for both community and for business. And um, you know, the plans are, should it be successful, to um, do a lot more there. Good. Councillor Howell. Uh, similarly, can I congratulate officers uh, and councillors involved in preparation of this? Can I identify one area in particular which I'm pleased to see, which is the access to super-fast broadband and mobile communication? As a councillor for a rural ward, which appears to be largely neglected by BT, I can vouch for how important this investment is. I've been to public meetings in Hempstead, and there's one coming up shortly in Samford, for both Great and, and Little Samford. Um, and we have a real challenge in my ward, ensuring that we have access to super-fast broadband. Nevertheless, I'm very aware of the physical challenges that we've experienced in the past and being able to ensure that that investment goes where it's needed. I see references to us perhaps spending it on Shire Hill. I think it does need to be focused on those rural communities which will be missed out by BT and its rollout. Um, and I'd like some assurance that we, we understand the challenge around European procurement rules and we can ensure that the, the money goes where it's needed and we aren't going to find ourselves prevented from investing where it's, where it's particularly needed. Thank you. I'll call upon Councillor Riles. I think we recognise uh, <clears throat> how incredibly important it is to support the rural uh, uh, villages. Uh, myself, I have a, my own personal experience of it. Um, we have a number of initiatives. There's the, we're working with BT at the moment. There's some meetings coming up. Um, Sir Alan is involved as well, so uh, with also with an area director of uh, BT. So we're hoping to bring some pressure from that area, if you'd like to see what their plans are for rollout. Um, in particular, Mr. Jackson has been working incredibly hard with um, uh, Buscom. Uh, to work with uh, a wireless alternative. Now, we've had some good news in the last few weeks whereby um, there were some vouchers for satellite broadband, um, which we don't think is a proven technology for what, what we actually require in the, in the, in the, um, in the countryside. Um, and uh, we've got some, the news saying that these vouchers could be used towards a wireless um, alternative system. So uh, Mr. Jackson is meeting with uh, the MD of... Um, a Buscom uh, to try and find a way we can get this out and also to make sure that Buscom can actually provide what we might be helping to uh, distribute around the, the rural uh, villages. But that, that's something we've got to do in conjunction with our parish councils as well to make people aware. Um, and I think you'll probably correct me, um, this might get us around the, the states, uh, the European involved uh, meddling in uh, what we can do with our, our finances. Is that correct? Um, y yes, it is. The, um, um, uh, the issue that gets around, or the way this is, uh, has got around, is that um, 
these vouchers um, are deemed to be what's called demand-led. So you put up the fact that these vouchers, and the government puts up the fact that these vouchers are available, uh, and so um, anybody in um, an area that is already in receipt of, or is planned to be in receipt of, public money to receive fibre broadband can also apply for one of these vouchers because it's deemed to be demand-led rather than supply-led, rather than and it's splitting hairs, I know, but that's the way they've, they, the government have um, seen fit to, to get, as it were, around those um, issues that you, you, you highlighted earlier but, earlier. but it's very important for us because um, uh, it, it could potentially um, provide solutions into places that, that BT aren't going to reach or aren't going to reach any time soon. Uh, however, we were at Payne's and, and um, Councillor Rolf um, and Riles were, were forceful on this point that actually this wireless uh, availability and this wireless system um, is only and should only be seen as a short-term um, solution. Um, it's much, a much stronger solution than satellite. Um, however, you know, we don't want BT or government um, to uh, think that or be in the belief that there is now a, a total solution and, and a long-term solution, even if we can get this wireless um, um, uh, progressing. We absolutely want the fibre um, um, based broadband to be available uh, and to as many people as possible. The government target is for, I'm sure you're probably familiar with this, government target overall is for 95%. Um, we've lobbied to get um, Superfast Essex up to 83% and at the last um, uh, meeting um, we were, and, and the council I've just mentioned, were very insistent that actually as a minimum we should get up to 92% and that Superfast Essex working with ourselves should find a way um, of making that happen to get to at least 92% coverage by fibre. Um, I think if I may add, I mean the number of people I've spoken to are already in receipt of the service of Buscombe have, have, have said that it's very, very good. Um, and it, it provides speeds of 15 meg, whereas the satellite was probably 2 or 3 meg. So you can do your streaming, your downloading, your video watching and that sort of thing. So. Um, as Simon says, I don't think it's, a, it's the final destination for everything, but at the moment it brings um, faster speeds now, uh, far quicker than the, the rollout that BT is letting us have. Naturally, when BT have done their thing, then of course technology will evolve and there's then, then there's an infrastructure, then we're going to go past the 100 meg level. But I think this is a really good initiative and I think Simon should be commended for what he's been putting into this. I hope that fully answers your question. Um, but, uh, and obviously, broadband is superfast. Broadband is not just about businesses. That's a very important element about it. It's also about accessing services and, and for individuals as well, particularly in a remote community such as our own. Councillor Barker. Thank you, Chairman. Actually, it was on the same point. Um, many, many people in High Easter, where I live and Councillor Riles live, do work from home a lot of the time. Um, we do need that service. We, there are small businesses. Um, they do need that. But we also need mobile phone coverage. And there's not much mention of that in here. And that is equally bad in many parts. I think it's a lot better up north. You go to Dunmo, you stand in Tesco's car park, there is no mobile phone coverage. Um, you know, no point in ringing somebody saying, can you pick up? Because it, they can't pick up. Um, so you know, please don't forget the mobile phones as well. It's what most people run on 
most of the time. Um, and the other thing I'd like to mention, first of all, I was Fibre Wi-Fi's first customer 11 years ago when they were Buzzcom, and I have received an excellent service from them for all that time. Um, I've also asked Mr. Fox, who's working on the local plan, to make sure, well, to bring forward a policy for the local plan that ensures that the conduit for fibre optics or whatever it is is into every new development once we get there because there is no point in building new things and people haven't got the services they need. You know, broadband speeds and good broadband is now an essential, you know, is as important to people as electricity and gas. And, you know, we need a policy around that in our local plan. Just add to that point, I did have investigated that, um, the, the policy for um, new developments. I've been told that the, the it, conduit can be put in, but you can't force BT to put the fibre in your area. So um, I think it's, whilst it would be wonderful to be able to force the developers in the real world, I don't think we can do it quite that easily. But we do need to do some more work on that policy, I think. Could I, could I just respond to that? Sure. Um, I understand that Tendring District Council have created a policy, okay. so I have asked for a copy of it so that it can be circulated. Okay. Thank, you. Thank you. I think that would be very helpful. Any other comments? Councillor Light. Thank you. Um, I have a couple of uh, generic and um, some specific points to make as well. Uh, I can see that there's a lot of work has been going into the uh, economic development, let alone the strategy. However, what strikes me here is that um, I can't see a vision. So what do we want uh, us to look like by 2018? So a statement would be really helpful. Additionally, um, what sort of theme uh, does Uttlesford have? For example, um, Cambridge is known for, obviously, for its academy, but also it's known for um, development and uh, research and development in, uh, uh, in uh, science and technology. So, if we take that as an example, what is the USP of Uttlesford? And I think it's very important that we do actually have one so that there's a vision around which uh, the business development and businesses can coalesce and be encouraged to come in. Um, so that's the generic point. Uh, I would also suggest that there is a need to work with parish and town councils, uh, not just town teams, in order to coordinate events, which I can't remember which page this was on, um, that there are a number of events, if, if I take Saffron Walden as an example, events and activities that occur, but they're piecemeal. Uh, sometimes they uh, overlap, sometimes they can be complementary, sometimes they're not. So it would be good to, to work holistically within each, um, with each specific parish and businesses, etc., and volunteer groups. Would you like me to uh, go on to my specifics or would you like somebody well, like I, I, to respond I'm happy to just first? kick off there because your first point, I think, relates to the London Stansted-Cambridge corridor and I'm probably more closely associated with that than many others. Um, I mean, you refer to the Cambridge uh, phenomena, but it runs really from Peterborough down to King's Cross. And you're probably aware that that economy is running 20% hotter than the rest mm. of the UK. So we are in an extraordinary arena at the moment. Now, how does Uttlesford fit into that? Um, you'll be aware, uh, they were on the television last night actually, that uh, the LSCC have got a growth commission. 
and I attended their first session and um, my comment as far as Uttlesford was concerned was that we were delighted that uh, we had particularly low unemployment and it was our intention to keep it that way um, but that we are a sparsely populated beautiful district and we don't particularly want to be the dormitory of the London Cambridge corridors phenomena so it is a it is a very finely balanced because we, we, we're a sparsely populated rural area with an international airport stuck in the middle so um, it, it, it has to be crafted particularly carefully the balance between retaining the charm that we all in obviously including your party wish to retain uh, with with growth because you know we understand you you go forwards if you don't go forwards you go backwards so we need to play our part in that so in terms of what is our vision I, I think the vision that I articulated to the growth commission was what I have broadly just said which is that um, we are a rural community and uh, wish to broadly retain that much of I mean the biggest employer obviously is Stansted with 10,000 people of which 1,700 as you know live in Uttlesford the rest of them are outside 1,300 in Braintree so 3,000 of the 10,000 live fairly locally but uh, many many come from outside and as Stansted grows as it inevitably will so that number will increase um, the council is quite a large employer uh, but otherwise that there's an awful lot of uh, small entrepreneurial type businesses as is indicated in the strategy and I think it's absolutely right that we continue to nurture that which is why that's laid out in the strategy but we're also very aware that the Cambridge phenomena is right on our border at Hinkston you know the genome campus is as big plans to expand hugely uh, right on the northern tip of Uttlesford. Um, we've got a, 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 a very good research part at Little, park at Little Chesterford. The opportunity to develop that um, must be at a cornerstone. Of, so I think accepting uh, the, the, um, the research that's coming south from Cambridge but coming east from Harlow. Harlow, as you know, is now the uh, designated area for Public Health England. Um, it is also doing a certain amount of life science research. So I think to be part of that is, is, is important, but just keep it in the context because otherwise there's a you know, danger for what you wish. As far as um, the specifics, I, I'll come on to my questions in a minute, but it's difficult. I was going to point out that there are an awful lot of bodies that we have to deal with. And um, I think the idea of the town teams was actually that you brought... You know, as far as Saffron Warden, which I know a little bit about because I was a representative there at one point, uh, it is supposed to include representatives from Uttlesford, from the town council, uh, from the businesses in Saffron Warden and other relevant bodies. So it's you know, trying to bring it together. Otherwise, as you say, uh, there are too many different bodies not really driving the, 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 the initiative forward at the right pace. But I'll ask my colleagues to add to that. Well, I haven't really got much to um, add to what you said because you seem to have covered most of it but I would I would on the town on your comment about the town councils and um, the town teams um, I'm just a bit surprised to have that comment because I'm on the town team as is um, Sharon Morris in Saffron Walden and we have the same in Dunmo where we have representatives of the district council and the town council and we work extremely closely together so I'm surprised to hear you say that you think we're um, competing and overlapping in things because we, we coordinate what we're doing with the town team and the town council. I mean, if, we, if we're getting that wrong, I'd very much like to he hear about it, but I, I think that perhaps that was a bit harsh. 
Um, yes, on the on the. Um, I think probably just going to the to the back to reiterate on the because um, I think the other points around the vision and the uh, uh, USP um, have probably been covered. But the the events, um, yeah, we have a strong representation. We have um, Mark Start. Uh, in Saffron Walden on the uh, town team. Um, the town team specifically have come up with three, um, which are going to be three fantastic new events um, in the town, um, but they are very much programmed in not to coincide or overlap with anything else that's, that's going on. Um, the chairman met with uh, Lisa, the town clerk, I think uh, a couple of days ago, and Lisa was uh, giving... Um, um, Neil Gregory, the chair of the Saffron Walden Town team, an update on what he came back and said without giving any, any, any information away because he was told not to, um, that there's going to be a, a, a real improvement and, uh, um, in the sort of Christmas festivities planned by. So the, the, the whole point or one of the key points of the town team is that you know, people do come together, as has been indicated, uh, and one of the reasons to do that is to make sure that they don't duplicate anything that's already gone indeed add add to events um, uh, so for example existing events what the town team seek to do is to uh, make sure that benefits from say uh, the bonfire or the maze festival so we've had the maze fest festival people come in and explain what's happening and look at how we can all work together to, to leverage that for the benefit of the businesses in the town as well as providing an experience for, for people to come to. Um, there's no doubt that, that um, you know, people do like to come to events uh, and it may be a question of kind of almost more, more the merrier. Um, you know, we really want to attract people. And also um, what we're going to be doing is um, uh, there'll be a little um, sort of questionnaire that people will be asked to complete so we know where people are coming from and so on because part of the reason for having these events are, are to get people who haven't been into Saffron Walden uh, either at all or very infrequently to actually come in and see what's, what's here. There'll be material um, that will also be uh, handed out to everybody that comes to these events, um, you know, explaining how great the place is and that they can come back and see what's going on So at another time. So I think there is um, you know, a lot of effort that goes into making sure that this is all added value. We are all working towards getting more people into the town centre and once they're here spending more money within the, the shops and the businesses. Okay, thank you. I'd just like to reiterate this because it, it's, I'm getting the sense that um, the strategy or the idea or the vision of Uttlesford is what it's not. So it's not Cambridge, it's not Peterborough, it's not Harlow, it's not although it may well feed off of those, but I think that we would need, uh, we need something that is quite distinct and discreet. It could be the rural beauty. It, could be, it needs to be something that is not just getting people into town centres and doing some shopping, but that can bring people in and can also uh, create hubs for businesses, for perhaps... Uh, businesses that have specific expertise, specific themes, um, rather than just sort of lots of shops opening or, or businesses that um, are very welcome, of course, but something that can actually develop the area more. Because it is quite important to note that the 
percentage of people working in Stansted Airport from the local area is actually very small. And to be quite frank, it's easier to get from Tottenham Hale to Stansted than it is from Braintree or from uh, Great Chester, where it's got the train, but somewhere where, let's say, for Donmo, for example, or some village. So I would suggest that some work is put in to actually developing the idea of Uttlesford, what it is and what it can offer for businesses and for people. May I go on to... The Sorry, can I, can I just answer one of those um, points there while, it's, while I'm thinking about it? Talking about Stansted Airport and the majority of people that work at Stansted come from outside the district. I think you've also got to bear in mind that the district has 0.7% unemployment. So with the best will in the world, we haven't got the people here to send to Stansted Airport. We've got a very low unemployment. And we ha I think we have to be really careful that Uttlesford is a unique and lovely place to live. And we've got to get the balance right between economic development and the changes that that would bring to the district. And I think... I well, we'll listen to your other comments, but I think that, you know, saying about working at Stansted, we don't have the people here to send to Stansted. Fair point. Um, I'd just like to make a couple of, uh, ask a, some specifics here now. So if we look at page 10, at the bottom of page 10, the question here of the budget. So just like to know uh, the spend. This is quite a significant drop between 16 and 17. It's 298k um, to 183. So there's a bottom paragraph. Just like a clarification on why that is. Yes, the, um, there's um, £100,000 in um, this year's um, uh, figure for, uh, from the Strategic Initiative Fund, uh, which is there to specifically to support the um, super-fast broadband work that we're doing and to potentially procure uh, alternative technology and along the way lines that we've uh, been discussing earlier. Um, so that's the that's the sort of most one of the most significant differences between the two years because that doesn't um, it, it, if we if we didn't spend it it, it, it may yeah, yeah. carry over to the to the next year but obviously that's subject to um, um, uh, decisions but that's really the major drop and differentiator between the two. I'd um, now like to look at page 15, where there are several points on the opportunities and on the issues. So, yeah, actually, the, the, the point here at the top, which is under the strengths, which in a way is um, carrying on from the points I was making earlier. The proximity to London and Cambridge with the brands, the markets and all the development there, page 15, right at the top, proximity to London and Cambridge. So how does this, how is this actually going to benefit the district? We're talking here about the promotional brands. If you have any details on that, please. Um, yes, the, um, the 
what, what we don't, just taking a step back actually, what, what, what um, we don't do is to, when we're going out and promoting the area to attract new investment in, or indeed visitors and so on, we don't really promote Uttlesford. Um, the term Uttlesford or the word Uttlesford because not many people know where that is um, and um, it would be a very expensive and probably fruitless job trying to um, uh, enlighten people as to what Uttlesford is about and where it is and so on. Um, however, what we have got and what we can make use of are two of the most well-known brands uh, in the world globally um, for all sorts of reasons, whether it's for biotech or whether it's for visiting or whatever it is in both London and Cambridge. So if we look at the northern part, and particularly has been referred to uh, Little Chesterford and the uh, research park, uh, we work with um, South Cams, Cambridge City and so on to promote that as part of the greater Cambridge um, location and phenomenon um, and this strategy um, seeks to develop that further in the next two years. Um, one of the reasons for that we've already heard about the shortage of commercial land and property currently within the district. Um, Chesterford has around 240,000 additional square feet available. It has outlined permission for. So, um, and given the growth and the pressure on um, the, the parks just literally to the north of Chesterford, that's an ideal opportunity, um, we think, to help and work with Chesterford more closely to promote and get some investment in there. But that would be part of greater Cambridge and leveraging that, that brand name. We, we don't have to spend anything to, um, to um, build the Cambridge brand. It's already there. Um, so that's really what we're saying there. Internationally recognised brands, of course, they're markets in their own right. Um, we um, now have information in, for example, the Cambridge Visitor Centre, um, so that, uh, and we're working with the Cambridge um, Tourism um, Unit there because they're keen to retain people in Cambridge for longer and one of the ways they can do that is to actually extend out into places like Saffron Walden, Audley End uh, and indeed over to places like Ely and so on. Um, so we're working hard to get some of that market, as referred to in the second point there, um, into Uttlesford um, and into Saffron uh, Walden. So they're brands, uh, they're markets, um, and that's what we're trying to um, leverage because it's efficient and effective to, to do that rather than try to sort of create an Uttlesford brand, as it were. Thank you. I'd actually disagree with you completely on that. For me, that underlines the point that Uttlesford needs a brand, whether it is the home of the saffron plant, the whatever it is, the, off the top of my head completely that. Um, but good to ride upon the back of uh, recognised brands, but you've made the key point there that these are recognised brands. Uttlesford doesn't have one. And if we could spend some time and some effort in actually creating one, so it's not just supplying the services for the others. I, I, I think you've made that point, uh, Councillor Light, um, in terms of you know, what is our USP, as it were. Um, have you got any other points? Yes, I do. The, still on page 15, I'm just curious to know what the legacy of the Tour de France is and how that uh, can be built upon and what measures 
are in place uh, to actually substantiate uh, that there is a legacy? Um, yes, we, um, it's a difficult one to measure. Um, I think that's the first thing to say. However, um, what we did at, as part of the Tour de France is that everybody that came here, we, we employed the um, scouts who distributed, I think of memory, 10,000 of the business card um, pull-outs, promotional, um, um, uh, promotional uh, literature, trying to get the word right there, the uh, collateral um, that was distributed. We know that um, people have um, come back with um, those into the town and feedback from the um, uh, brilliant tourist information centre will say that they've also had people coming back into the town. So from a, a marketing, getting the people who perhaps haven't been to Saffron Walden but who came to the tour uh, into the town, um, I think that's been um, uh, successful, although you know, I can't say 10,000 people have come back or 5,000 or whatever, but just anecdotally. Um, we've also now got, and again, it's it's, it's, it's probably uh, whether we can prove, prove a cause and effect. We have something now, BC Cletter, if I've got that right. I tend to get that wrong. Um, and um, again, um, in fact, um, the manager of the BC Cletter is, is now also on the town team. Um, and they were, the owner of that was very enthused by everything that went on with the, with the Tour de France and is keen to maintain that sort of vibe and get... Uh, people here and indeed they have people who come and want to apparently cycle some of the uh, route, you can tell I'm not a cyclist um, and um, you know, so they get a, a buzz out of that so there is some legacy around that and, and they benefit as a business I'm not saying they wouldn't have come anyway but it would certainly um, you know, encourage them to come and set up in, um, in Saffron Walden so um, I think there is anecdotally at least some legacy from the Tour de France that we can point to um, what I can't say it meant that we've had X number of people back and so on um, we just haven't got that sort of information available um, I would like to say as well I mean um, bicycle or whatever it's called actually is number one trip advisor location for cyclists to come out to and frankly I'm in Saffron Walden quite a lot especially on a Sunday and it, I find the um, number of middle-aged men in Lycra that have now discovered this area quite disturbing <laughs> but it is unbelievable how many cyclists we have going through this district and um, Sunday is very interesting. Can I just apologise if there are lots of men in Lycra in them? <laughs> Thank you. Uh, in fact the coffee is excellent in Bicicletta. <laughs> So I use it too, even though I'm not a cyclist. Um, the, I, I'm assuming now that the cluster development has already been discussed, which was the next, uh, my next point here. I wanted to know the ideas on the cluster development around the airport and the research park. Um, from what you're saying, the, the more generic development rather than specific at this stage. Unless, respect, I, I hate to interfere, but... I think if many of these questions are ones which could have been addressed to officers before the meeting, I, I understand the value in interrogating and trying to understand papers like this, but I don't really feel that this meeting should be set aside for a line-by-line -line analysis. This is about trying to understand the overall, the overarching strategy that we have putting forward for the next two years. I'd commend it because I think it's focused. It's focused on tangible outcomes. As a businessman who pays business rates, 
I'm horrified at the idea that we would spend money on developing brands for Uttlesford. This is about things that will benefit local businesses. I commend it. I really do feel that if you had these questions, you should have addressed them to officers before the meeting. Okay. Um, we will move on, if that's okay with you. Um, I mean, I, I will very briefly answer your last point, which is that we're in discussion with Stansted Airport about the business park on the north side, and that's a really exciting project. And um, we're in discussion with Stansted Airport about creating an educational establishment, particularly for aviation engineering and the service industries um, uh, around the long-term car park area. So some exciting initiatives there. But uh, I, I, I take Councillor Howell's point. I think these are some of these are points of detail which, which can be taken up probably with the uh, respect officers. So if there are no other substantive matters to the strategy, I would propose to put it to the vote, uh, which, and it's in um, a number of parts. Uh, no other points? Okay. So the recommendation is to adopt the Uttlesford Economic Strategy uh, 2016 to 18, approve the actions with associated expenditure for the period 2016-17, help for local call people to start and stay in business, and then a subset of point two, which I won't read out, but the respective elements as part of that budget, and then, and that is it, because it's just for one year, we're not committing this council to the second year at this stage. So those are the two recommendations with a subset of point two. Those in favour? We haven't had a proposal seconded, Chairman. I, have a, I think we had a proposal from seconded. Councillor Redfern, you're seconding it. Okay, that's very good. Thank you very much indeed. Chairman, so sorry, can I just say one other thing on that matter? If, um, Councillor Light, if you've got more questions that you haven't had the opportunity to ask, um, there's absolutely no problem with you arranging a time to go and see Simon and be, uh, and, or both of us, and we'd be very happy to go through any yeah, of them happy. with you. Okay, moving on to item nine, adoption of street naming and numbering policy. Councillor Barker. Chairman, should be a lot quicker this one, perhaps. Um, today we are looking to agree some changes to the street name and numbering policy. The first main change is to change the policy to reflect the guidelines in the Town Improvement Clauses Act 1847, sections 64 and 65, and the Public Health Act's Amendment Act 1907, rather than those of the Urban Authority Public Health Act 1925, which is what our previous policy was based on. The rationale is that the 1925 Act is primarily designed for urban authorities when conducting the statutory duty of naming and amending street names. Under this Act, there is no consultation requirement with a town or parish council. The 1847 and 1907 Acts, although older, are more in line with rural authorities and the administration of the statutory duty of naming and numbering properties and streets as any consultation with the parish town council can be conducted and considered within their meeting schedules. Secondly, we're looking to update the changes to the update the charges under the provisions given in section 93 of the Local Government Act. A charge is levied for the provision of this service. As a statutory duty, we cannot charge a fee. However, we do have the right to charge to cover the administrative costs incurred during the processing of an application for new streets and naming and numbering of properties. The charges have been included for the purpose of notification and the legislation that enables us to raise those charges. Chairman, I need to add an additional recommendation to those listed, and that is in respect of the renaming of a road where the charge should be listed as 
rename street or area where requested by residents a charge of £250 plus £25 per property. This is omitted from the papers you have this evening. In respect of this policy, where residents may wish to rename a road, the legislation does allow some flexibility. The document in front of you on page 93 has been written to reflect that should such a request be made, then 100% of the residents have to be in the agreement with the change before it can happen. I would like Cabinet this evening to consider whether they would like to see some flexibility in this. Um, the reasoning behind this is that we currently have a request from the Ambulance Service which has been received via the Parish Council for a name change, where the road of the name is the same as the name of the area, if you're with me. So I live in Bishop's Green, there's a road called Bishop's Green. Um, ambulance services cannot find places like this. We had this incident in White Roading many years ago. We had Onga Road, White Roading, Onga Road, Leaden Roading. The first one they got to was Leaden Roading. They went down there for miles and never found the people. We have a similar instance now. In this instance, I wouldn't want to name the village, but 27 out of 28 residents want the name change, and one resident is able to prevent the change. I do feel that perhaps 90% would be a more reasonable level, uh, perhaps in instances of 10 or more houses, and 100% under that level. Um, I would welcome your thoughts on that. And I, I, I am aware that Councillor Redfern has an issue as well. Chairman, I have read this document in some detail and have asked the officers to make some minor amendments specifically to clarify some issues around the table of charges and the discounts available to developers. I believe the guidance sets out clearly the process that needs to be followed, the rules around what will and will not be considered as a suitable road name, it clearly identifies the process for the naming, numbering of new houses, and that the sole responsibility for this function rests with the District Council. It creates the formal opportunity for the Town or Parish Council to be given the opportunity to comment or put forward potential names. Chairman, I hesitate before proposing the recommendations because there are these couple of issues. We need to add the issue of a charge for renaming, and we have to discuss briefly, if it could be, whether we think that if we do require 100% of residents to be in agreement with the change or whether we should allow some flexibility in that. Um, well, I'm going to suggest that, uh, that there are two, two points there. I think the first is just something that's been missed off. So I think we can quite comfortably take that. I'll look to the Chief Executive because I don't like making up policy on the hoof. So I'd very much prefer to just do... You raise a very important point. If the emergency services cannot find um, accommodation... Um, then, then we need to do something about that because lives are at stake. So it's a very legitimate point. Uh, but my recommendation would be, but I just need to understand this is technically possible, that we take this um, paper, we take its recommendations with the additional um, fee uh, that you've in indicated, that we go away and we come back with an addendum, perhaps at a future Cabinet meeting around that particular issue that's been raised. It's a very good issue, but I just don't want to make it up tonight. Is that a fair comment? Uh, Chairman, the officers that I have been talking to tell me that there is flexibility within the legislation. Yeah, that's fine. So what, why can't we be flexible tonight rather than have to bring it back again? Because we're going to have to come up with a policy of whether it's 90% to 100% or whatever, and, and I don't like doing that on the hoof. I want some science behind that, but it can come back to the next Cabinet meeting, so it's, we're not going to delay this indefinitely, but we just need a little bit of science behind it, uh, because it will have an impact. There will be repercussions, as we know, from those who don't want the change, um, and I think we need a legitimate, uh, well-constructed case, which I think can be made, but I just don't want to do it uh, on on the hoof. Okay. 
Any other? Yes, Councillor Redfern. Um, I, I, I'm, I, don't, I, don't, I think 100% is wrong. Um, I'm, I'm comfortable with whether we make a decision now or later. I think another month isn't going to make a lot of difference. But I would like to bring up... Um, I mentioned in the previous um, item about the new team on called Who's on the Hill, which is Shire Hill in South Malden. And, frankly, it should be Who's on the Hill and Where Are They? Because that... Um, estate has grown organically and I've been asking for probably two years for the numbering team to have a look at this. We have um, businesses, with the, we have two number threes, two number fives, we have number 21 next to number 23 and we've got no signage up there to tell anybody who's on the hill. I mean, it, it is really poor. Um, but I'm a bit disturbed to think that we might, we've been asking for this for all this time and now we might be saying, well, actually, you can do that, but all, you're going to um, you're have to pay for this and we're going to have some people who will be quite happy because they're at the bottom of the hill at number one, two, three or whatever, which probably um, makes little difference, but those, of, those that are further up the hill will not agree that they want the status quo. So, I would, well, one, I would like to know that it's not going to be 100% um, of those. We've got to bear that in mind. And two, can we not just do something for this estate because it is, a, you know, is our only or our main commercial estate in Saffron Walden and they do have serious problems. I mean, there's one, um, the guy that's set up who's on the hill, James, is as far as you can go round and he has a constant stream of delivery guys who end up where he is and say, please, can you tell me where this is? And um, it is very difficult. And the whole place is littered with um, A-boards and things because we can't put a sign up that says... Um, I, don't know. I think we're going into uh, detail again. Okay. Um, but the point that you raise, because it's perfectly legitimate, you've been talking about having a, a notice board at that place for at least two years now, so I strongly recommend you just get on and do it. Um, in terms of the numbering, um, I, th these charges clearly are request to the council. The council, I believe, could determine that it needs to take an initiative here. So um, I, I would suggest that uh, that is considered, if it, if it indeed it is that confusing. Because as you say, it's not necessarily any individual business, it's the whole concept of the thing. But I think as far as things like notice boards, that's for the businesses to get together and organise along with um, the economic team here. Well, absolutely. We're happy to do that, but we can't do it because we don't know what number everybody is. So it needs a review. So you need to put in a request for a review of that. Chair, Chairman, I brought this request this evening because the officers have asked me to bring this request this evening. I didn't make it up. I have had a request from officers because this particular parish has lived with this problem for the last three years. I've spoken to the district councillor for the parish who is quite happy with this because she knows the parish has been living with this for three years. Um, <laughs> you, you can bring it back to another meeting. We, we've made policy on the hoof slightly earlier this evening. Um, this is slightly less on the hoof. Um, it, well, if the officers had brought forward a recommendation, it would be quite helpful to have a paper that we could have seen. So I'm going to stick by my uh, original comment on that. Yeah, well, are we in agreement on that? I'm getting nods. You want to speak? I want to speak on the policy, 
but I don't really feel particularly strongly about this particular case, whether it's 90 or 100%. We can talk about that at any time, I think. Okay. You, sorry, did you want to talk on the actual paper? I want to talk on the actual paper. Please go ahead. Yes. Yep. So it's an interesting paper, and I, I welcome it. I hadn't realised just how contentious it was um, until I had moved to a rural ward and found that we don't have many street names or road names in the Sanfords, and lots of people have no idea. They use different names depending on which end of the road they live on. Um, it, it, is an important, it is an important policy, and there's a, a really important element to this. When I was a, a town councillor in, Sam, in, in, in Saffron Malden, and it, it still applies to Saffron Malden, there's very significant amounts of development, and developers almost always have a particular view of what their new development should be called, because it adds value to it depending upon the names. And, and I hadn't realised that, in fact, under our previous policy, we didn't have a, an obligation to consult with parish and town councils. So I'm delighted that that's set in stone now, and we do. My experience always was that we did, and we always took the views of parish and town councils very seriously. Um, and I think they do their job extremely well because they have knowledge of the locality, which a developer will not have, so they will follow the local field patterns or whatever, or use historic names for developments. And my slight worry, under 151, if there appears to be, the process appears to be that the, the officers will consult with both the developer and the parish council, if they cannot resolve the matter, they will do this two times, and then the final decision will be that of the assistant director. In principle, I agree we have to have somebody who makes the decision. Nevertheless, I believe the view of the parish and the town council should be paramount and not that of the developer. And so while I recognise that we have a degree of balance here, and I think that's probably a reasonable assumption, if there cannot be an agreement, it should be the parish or the town council whose recommendation carries more weight than that of the developer. And a comment on that? I will own up to not having read the AU 47 legislation, but um, I think Mr Harbour has an answer. In practice, uh, Leader, when there is this sort of dispute, the Assistant Director will go with the Parish Council's view. Okay. I think th th there is an implication in the words uh, around that, but it's reassuring to hear it. So does that satisfy your point? Any other points on this matter? So the recommendations are three and four on page 51, to adopt the street naming and numbering policy March 2016, to adopt the street naming and numbering guide to the process, and do you just want to repeat uh, the charge? Um, a charge of 254 renaming of a road and £25 per property. And in addition, uh, for officers to come back to the next cabinet meeting with a brief paper uh, on a proposal to uh, 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 amend some of the descriptions to make it easier for the emergency services, and it might be worth just checking that out with the emergency services um, when, when we sign it off um, in, in terms of uh, for further naming. So those in favour... For, for clarification, Chairman, the emergency services cannot request a renaming. The request comes from the Parish Council because they were requested by the ambulance service. No, that bit I get. Uh, what I'm talking about is that what we implement uh, will make it easier for them because it, part of the purpose of the exercise is to it, make it easier for the emergency services. If we did something that didn't help, then it's counterproductive. So it might just be worth checking with them that what we've done is in the right direction. Okay, those in favour? 
carried unanimously. Thank you very much indeed. Item 10, transfer of land for specialist housing project. Councillor Redfern. Thanks. Thank you, Chairman. Um, I would, first of all, just like to make it absolutely clear here that it is not Uttlesford District Council that is not building a refuge. It is um, safer places that are not able to build this refuge at the moment. This is something that I brought forward before where we were going to gift the land to them to enable uh, a refuge to be built in Dunmo. They are no longer need this land, and so I'm asking for us to... Um, return it but I'll just give you a few bullet points on the reasoning behind this. So um, Essex County Council have put a new contract in place for domestic violence services including refuge spaces across Essex. They've, they are looking to reduce by half the number of refuge spaces available. One of the, re well, the reasoning behind this is that there wasn't a limit on how long you could be in a refuge and it is felt that it People were in refuges when they didn't don't need, or are in refuges when they don't necessarily need to be, and they were in there for longer than they um, needed to be. It's now expected that most um, clients would be there for a maximum of four months, and therefore less bed spaces in refuge, refuge is are required. Um, but there are many other things that have been put in place. The what. What is wanted is to be able to um, keep, keep mainly, I'm not being sexist here, but it is mainly women and children. And it, it, what, what we want to do is try and avoid them having to be removed from their home. So that is one of the reasons, this is one of the reasons that this has been, um, it is no longer required. So... Um, we do a lot of work in um, Uttlesford with um, people with, um, suffering from domestic violence and we, we do fund quite a lot of this and we will continue to do that. Um, uh, Safer Places provide outreach support for um, victims of domestic violence and that is part funded by us and we will continue to do that. Um, Uttlesford also... Um, we we do have appropriate refuge spaces and there are enough across Essex and the high-risk clients will still be able to be moved into, into safer accommodation. This is not saying that we're taking something away that was, that was required. Obviously, we're disappointed. We, we, wanted to, um, we wanted to do this, but things have changed and now this um, piece of land is no longer required for... Um, for this refuge, but on the upside, um, obviously, um, we as a council um, have a fantastic track record of building affordable housing ourselves, and that is what we would like to do with this piece of land. Um, so, what I'm asking um, to do is that we can, that we, um, that the land in Dunmo that has been proposed for this project should now be used for the housing department to deliver new affordable council properties for general needs clients. So I'm asking my fellow cabinet members to support this item. If you've got any questions, I'd be happy to take them. Are there questions? No. I mean, I would just reiterate everything you've said about the concern we have for victims of domestic violence and as you rightly say this is not Uttlesford not building uh, it is part of a bigger picture 
but we will um, do everything, continue to do everything that we can, both working with the appropriate uh, facilities, including the police. Um, but for this particular case, um, can we ask how many properties? You talk about properties for affordable council properties. Well, we don't, because we haven't looked at this before, but we're expecting that we will be able to build three or four um, two or three bedroomed houses on this particular piece of land but obviously until we've had the drawings done I don't know for sure but that's what we're, we're thinking it will be. Okay, that's very helpful. Um, if there are no questions then I shall put it to the vote that the land in Dunmo that have been proposed for this project should now be used by the housing department to deliver new affordable council properties for general needs clients. Those in favour? Carried unanimously. Thank you. Item 11, transfer of Fritch Green Community Centre and Baynards Avenue play area to Fritch Green Parish Council. Councillor Howell. Thank you, Leader. I'll try and keep this brief. Uh, members will have seen this paper and read it in advance. The report seeks uh, members' approval for the transfer of Flitch Green Community Centre in the Baynards Avenue uh, play area, which has nil value to Flitch Green Parish Council. Um, both assets were transferred to the Council as part of a Section 106 agreement, and it would be our intention, if members approve this, to pass it to the Parish Council, and included in the transfer will be balances of uh, £4,368.97 uh, with the community centre and £4,000 for the play area. Uh, that's the recommendation. There's a certain amount of background which I'm sure you will have read. That's the Thank you. Any queries, Councillor Redfern? Um, no, que no query, Chairman. I would just like to second that because um, this has been going on for such a long time. I think it will be a relief to actually hand it, finally hand this building over. And um, having had something handed over to the Chesterfords for, through 106 recently, I'm happy to support this proposal. There are no queries, so I won't reread the recommendation. You've just had it. Uh, so all those in favour? Carried unanimously. Thank you. Item 12, to appoint Councillor Artis as portfolio lead in relation to armed forces issue. This is a tidying up. He's been doing the job for some time now. Um, and uh, this just needed to be ratified by Cabinet. All those in favour? Could I just ask? Sure. Could I just ask Chairman who he reports to? Whose lead member is he? That is a very good question. Hmm? I think this is a community matter. Councillor Wells. So, having answered that question. Those in favour? Carried unanimously. Uh, any other items which the Chairman considers to be urgent? There aren't any at this juncture, so thank you very much for your time. Meeting closed.